This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. You know, uh, we started some time ago talking about unearthing the truth. And we want to kind of tweak it just a wee bit for last week. And we're going to continue along that line, unearthing the truth, which is the promises of God. And it's absolutely life changing. Absolutely life changing. So I believe that God's word, it, it changes. It genuinely changes our life. It gets into our ears, our mind, gets into our heart. It impacts our bodies. It impacts everything about us. So why don't we start off this morning in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. This is the Message Bible, and it says, don't drag your feet. Now, he says, man, this is tiring, dragging your feet. Spiritually, don't be dragging your feet. It's what he's telling us here. He says, and don't drag your feet. That means to deliberately be slow and deliberately be reluctant to act. Don't deliberately slow down. Don't deliberately be this way. I just don't want to do what God wants me to do. I just don't. That wears us out. It genuinely does. Let's finish reading that, can we? Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course. Stay the course. That's talking about, you know, keep going strong uh, to the end of the race. Stay the course. That don't wear you out. That energizes you, you know. And he gives us his spirit to make this happen. But he says, stay the course. Don't drag your feet, but stay the course. Stay the course with committed faith. Dedicated faith. He's talking about here. Devoted and and loyal faith. Stay the course with committed faith is what he's talking about here. Even if there are difficulties and there's rocks, there's boulders and there's logs, stay the course. Run. To finish the race is what he's talking about. And then get everything promised to them. Oh, wow. See... Don't become impatient. You ever become impatient? I said, are you ever impatient? Don't be impatient. Because therefore we will become faithless. Because if if you're a man or a woman of faith, faith, a major part of faith is patience. And they go together. And if you become impatient, you, you will become faithless. Less. That's just the way it is. So it says, don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith. And then, and th- not before, but and then, if you don't drag your feet and you stay the course with committed faith, then you'll get, what's that say? Everything. And what percentage is everything? 100%. And then you'll get everything promised. To those who don't drag their feet 
everything that's promised to those who stay the course with committed faith, then you're going to get everything that was promised to you. That's what he's saying. That is fantastic. When you read in the Bible, he says you're going to get everything that's been promised. I tell you what, that inspires me. Like, well, what has been promised? You know, let's find out the promises of Almighty God. Let's find it out and let's receive the promises that he has given unto us. Verse 15, when God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt. That means 100%. He backed it completely uh, to the maximum degree. You know, you, you, you ever seen a sword in a stone? Imagine that sword is pushed down uh, to the handle. Uh, that's, that's 100% right there. That's the sword is in the stone to the hilt. You know, and it says here, when God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt. To the hilt. Putting wow. his own reputation on the line. He, he backed it all the way. He backed it all in. That's what he said there when he made this promise to Abraham. He, he backed it to the hilt. Putting his own reputation on the line. That. He, God put his own reputation. Have you ever broke a promise? Yes. God has never broke a promise. Never broke a promise. And he put his promises in writing. You know, in writing. A lot of people are here, well, I'm not going to put my promise in writing. You just got to believe what I said. Some people, because they might be not planning on fulfilling their promise or something or another. But he says that he... He backs it to the hilt. Okay. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I Again, have. Again, he says that. With everything. He said, I'll bless you with everything I have. And that everything, what percentage is that everything? 100%. I will bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Wow. That's what we were just singing about. It, it actually was. The blessings of God. Absolutely. And his promises. He is so faithful. God is. And if you ever read that and you get it in your heart, it changes the way you look at God and in this world. And, you know, it genuinely changes things. Abraham stuck it out. He stuck it out. He stayed the course. Abraham waited patiently on God. He stuck it out. He stayed the course. That, that's what it's talking about here. And he got everything that had been promised to him. Again? Everything? What percentage is that everything? 100%. We've seen three everythings. Boom, boom, boom. And it says, and Abraham got everything that had been promised to him. Abraham received everything that had been promised to him. And God had promised Abraham a lot. Galatians 3.20 says, and now that you belong, I'm sorry, 3.29, and now that you belong to Christ. And if you have Christ in you, if you consider yourself genuinely a Christian, Jesus lives in you, you welcome him into your life, this is talking about you. Now that you belong to Christ. You are the true children of Abraham. You're a descendant of Abraham. You are the seed of Abraham is talking about. 
And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Wow. God's promise to Abraham belongs to who? To you and you. And this is just a little review of what we talked about last week. But it's fantastic. I could read it so many more times when God says, I made these promises. To Abraham, I made these promises. And they go to you, too. That's what God says. 100%. This is guaranteed. That's what he says here. God's promises to Abraham belongs to you. That's just amazing. And I want to find out what are these promises. How do I access these promises? You know. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope. Give us hope. And what is hope? A confident expectation for the future. Where do we get this hope at? In the scriptures. The scriptures give us hope. And encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. The scriptures give us hope. Father, we ask that you would be with those emergency vehicles as they're going to help someone in need. Father, we especially ask that you would be with those that are in need, whatever kind of trial that they are in right now. Father, we just ask that you would provide for them, that you would heal. Lord, that you would protect them. And Father, most of all, that you would draw them unto yourself and that somehow through whatever it is that they're experiencing, they'll come to know Christ as their Savior. We also pray for the emergency workers, Father, that you would watch over them and protect them and give them wisdom and draw them to yourself as well. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And that might be somebody that you know. That has happened a few times before. Somebody, you know, we stopped and prayed for something. That was some of my family. So I always pray for somebody who's in, in a need like that. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Hope and encouragement comes from the scriptures. Gives us a confident expectation for the future. It, it genuinely does. Now patience, we talked a wee bit about this, but patience is what an oyster does with an irritating grain of sand. Did I bring that? You thought I was going to give you a grain of sand, didn't you? And this don't have a hole in it. Would you like one? Sure. Thank you. But that reminds you about the oyster. It says, I looked it up in the dictionaries. I read all about oysters. And I was absolutely amazed how they turn. Uh, an irritating piece of sand into a valuable, you know, gem quality pearl, you know. And and oysters don't really generate pearls until they're mature, three years old. Now, I tell you, there's things that you can do when irritations come into your life that will produce these valuable pearls if you're mature. If you're not mature, you're going to just probably fuss and cuss and stomp and beat the wall or something else. But if you're mature, 
you'll respond and you'll cover over that irritation. And just to, uh, let me see here, where do I have that? Oh, yeah. I'm going to put them in my pockets. So I don't lose them. But I got some, hey, I got some pearls. I think they might be real. <laughs> or they might be real fake. I'm not sure. Yeah. But either way, they will remind you, and if somebody would come and grab this bucket before the service is over and put it at the back door, and here's some for the front door, and you can take you a pearl home. Oh, Oops, there goes one. And one escaped. Okay. And uh, so you can take that home and let it remind you when irritations come in your life. Now, please don't look at anybody when I say something about irritations. Don't look at nobody. How come you all looking at me? Huh? Do I irritate you sometimes? Don't answer that question. <clears throat> all right, I won't. <laughs> that really breaks my heart, you know? But what happens? That irritation, that sharp, ragged, jagged irritation, an oyster covers it again and again, and it takes about three years for an oyster to make an awesome pearl. And he covers it over and over and over and over again. And as you and I are mature in our faith, we cover over and over and over. Let's read this verse here. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 in the Amplified Bible says, Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another. Because love covers... It, it said love who? One another. And some of those one another's that we are commissioned to love are irritating. Don't look at nobody at the moment when I say that, because they'll figure out that that's what you're thinking. But he says here... Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Like an oyster covers that irritation. As a mature believer, you cover with God's love the irritation. You cover that with love. And you cover that. And you cover that. A multitude, it says. That's a lot. There's a lot of covering going on. A multitude of sin. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. Overlooks unkindness. Just covers, overcomes, covers over that unkindness. And it's on the look, look out, looking out, looking out, looking out, looking out, looking out for the best in everybody. Is there some stuff that's not the best in us? Yeah. We're not looking for that. We just cover that over. That's what we do when we're mature. But see, an immature oyster don't make no pearls. But when we're mature believers in Christ, we just let love cover over a multitude of sins. We just cover over and we cover over and again and again and again and again, you know, making, making pearls. Now, you know what that is? Smoked oysters. Smoked oysters. <laughs> the things I have to do to share the gospel with people. <laughs> I 
make a mess. Would you open it up for me? Sure. Can you now, <laughs> if you're mature, your love just covers over the irritations. When they come at you, irritating circumstances, but irritating people, you just overcome, and you love them, and you love them, and you love them, and you overcome them. But if, if you don't overcome with love, you know, some oysters, they create these valuable pearls, and some oysters is just good to smoke and eat. Mm. Mm. That good, huh? This is my breakfast. Mm. You notice he's not sharing them with me. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm thinking I want to talk to people afterwards and not... <laughs> <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> well, I might as well finish them. Mm, 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 they mm. taste better than they smell. <laughs> what was that? Just following through. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well. <laughs> now what? Not my water. Now it's going to taste smoke oystery. Blech. Thank you. All right. I appreciate it. Um, in your circumstances in life with the irritations, are you producing pearls? Or are you only good for a stew? Or for a little snack? Think about it. For real. If we mature in Christ... Are we covering over irritations like an oyster does? Or we're not covering over them. We're not making no pearls. We're only fit for a suit. He tells us here in uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12. In the Amplified, it says, hatred stirs up strife. The word strife, I looked it up in the dictionary. The word strife. I just got to get that last oyster down. <laughs> it means refuses to smooth things over. That's what strife means in a dictionary. We didn't know I was looking up oysters and all. She was like, it removes to smooth things out. Hatred refuses to smooth things out. It stirs up strife in us. Someone irritates us and it rattles our cage and no. Would you no? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna smooth things out. I'm not gonna make a pearl. I'm not gonna be that valuable. I'm immature. I'm I'm, I'm a child spiritually. I, I'm just gonna be irritating myself. This is hatred. It stirs up strife. But love covers and overwhelms. Love covers. And I said, what does it mean when it says love covers and it overwhelms? I, I looked that up and, and this word here, overwhelms, that love 
covers and it overwhelms, it means it overpowers. It overcomes all transgressions. Love, it covers and overwhelms. It overcomes. That's, that's what he's talking about here. That's what love does. That's what love does. It, it overpowers. What's it say? But love covers and overwhelms all transgressions. 100% of the transgressions. That's, you know, when people sin against us and irritate us. And, and, and how does love overcome? And how does love cover? You know, how does it cover? What's by, the next word? By forgiving and overlooking another's faults. Love covers by forgiving. I forgive you. The way Jesus, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Love is covering us, making a pearl. And we're pretty irritating at times, you know. And, and love, as it overcomes, it's, it's looking for the best in people. There's some people who feel like they've got a gift to find the negative in people. But see, God says, when we cover those irritations, we, we overcome it by forgiving, by smoothing things out. No strife, no hatred. That's what he's talking about here. And just think, don't answer it out loud, but are you patient with irritating people? Please don't look at nobody at the moment, okay? But are you patient with irritating people? Think about this. If, if, if you are patient with irritating people, you're making a pearl. You're mature. If you're patient with irritating people, are you, are you making a pearl? You know? Anyhow. Hebrews huh? chapter 10 verse 35 says, so, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. And, and trust is faith. It's, it's believing. And he says, don't cast away. Don't, don't throw away this confidence. This, this trust. This this believing in the Lord. Don't throw it away. Remember the great reward it brings you. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples. Who said this? Jesus. He said to who? The disciples. I'm a disciple. Are you a disciple of Christ? Yeah. It just means a follower. If you're a follower of Christ, this is talking to you right now. Listen to what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Listen to what he's saying to his followers, those who followed him back then and those who followed him today. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. In order to have faith, you have to have patience too. Uh, that the, the, They go together. You, you have to be a patient person to have faith. I tell you the truth. You and, and this is Jesus. That's what we're talking about. We're, we're unearthing the truth. And Jesus says... I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain. Now, hold on. Do you have any mountains that's kind of blocking things in your life? Obstacles? You know, there's some mountains there. And listen to what Jesus is saying. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain. You can speak to the mountain. You can say it. That's what Jesus says. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. You're, 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 you're thrown away from me. You're thrown into the sea. A long ways away from me. Jesus said, you, you can do this. You can say this mountain. May, may you be, be lifted, lifted up, up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. Oh, wow. 
but you must really believe. He said, what's those four words? It and it will happen. And Four words and it will, will happen. Can we say those four words to get together aloud? And, and it, it will, will happen. happen. If you if you speak by faith to those obstacles that are standing in your way that are hindering you from moving forward, he says, if you speak to those mountains and if you speak to them in faith, he says, and it will happen. happen. That, that's what he said. And, and, and continue on there. But you must really believe. It you must. Happen. Do you understand must? Let's just say that you really, really, really had a hankering for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so you, you got a sandwich, but all you have is grape or strawberry, you know, jelly or jam on one side of it. That ain't a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You got to get some peanut butter. You must put peanut butter on the other side or it ain't a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You must. That was really deep, wasn't it? <laughs> I could go for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and balance out my clams here. Oysters. My oysters. Let me see. Smoked oysters. Okay. What did I say? And really believe it will happen. You must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Doubt is worry, is anxiety, doubt is fear. So if you're going to speak to that mountain and tell it to be gone from you, you must really believe. Is there anything we can do to really believe? Yes. One of the things he says, faith comes by hearing God's word. The more I hear God's word, the stronger my faith becomes. I was up in the crack of dawn this morning, walking around out on the base of the mountain, and I listened to some scriptures on my cell phone, because you can just hit play and it will play them for you. I was so inspired. And then on the way to church, Turn my cell phone and we listened to a couple more chapters of the Bible. And back in the back room there before the first service was the worship team back there. We listened to another chapter of the Bible. It was like, yes, that is so inspiring. It was so uplifting. It was faith building. And you, you have the promises of God that will help get rid of all the doubt in your life. You know, I, I'm just so fearful and anxious and I'm just too doubtful. You can change that if you want to. Don't feed the doubt, but cast it out. That rhymes. You should write that down. <laughs> that might be a good song or something. Okay. And really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, this is Jesus again. I tell you, you can pray for anything. Hold on. You mean all the people who are watching us online and all the people who's in the service and those who's in the service at the 9 o'clock and the people who are in the service, it's talking about all of them people can pray? Yes, for he, anything. For anything. That, 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 that is huge. This is Jesus, his word. He said, I tell you, you can pray 
for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Oh, wow. This is Jesus' word. He's given us his word here. He says, and if you believe, if you believe you received it, it will be yours. And so patience is pretty important here. It really is. By the way, can I have $60? I, I need to buy a, order a uh, wedding gift for somebody. Let me count this out. 40. 60. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You said I could have it. And I'm in it. I believe it. I'm going to go ahead and place that order now then. Okay. Okay. It's done. Let's read that verse one more time. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And you, if you, you talk, believe... You pray to the Father mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. That's how the Bible tells us to pray. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Hmm. That, that's absolutely true. Jesus gave us his word. Mm -hmm. His word is true. His word means something. We may not keep our word, but he always keeps his word. Absolutely does. Mark 9, 23 says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that There's believeth. A, all. All. all is, what, what does that mean? 100%. All things are possible to him that believeth. All that, things. That is a promise. That is a promise that Jesus, he gave his word. He said, if you can believe... And not doubt in your heart. You must really believe and not doubt in your heart. You must. It, it will happen. He says, it's going to be yours. That's what he's talking about here. Oh, man, that, that, that's amazing passage there. All things are possible. That's right. That believeth. Now, let's pick back up here in verse 25. And when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. So when you're praying, he says you must believe, really believe, and not doubt in your heart. But he also says when you pray, what's that word? First, forgive. First, forgive anyone you're holding you are holding a grudge against. Watch out, he bites. This is my grudge. Now, I've, I've shared him with people before. You have to have bandages because he bites. Grudges, they, look at there. Grudges can hurt you. Listen to what he says here. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. And are you holding a grudge against me? No. Good. But... I've heard it said so many times, and people were not ashamed of it. They were bragging about it. I'm nursing a grudge against so-and-so. It's like, why would you nurse a grudge? You know, it's just like you, 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 you see a rattlesnake is kind of 
not doing so good, so you take it home and nurse it back to health. What's a rattlesnake likely to do? Bite you. Bite you. Why would you nurse a rattlesnake back to health? I'm nursing a grudge. You know what happens when you nurse a grudge? It, it, it multiplies. It multiplies. And it grows. And it bites. And it will take over your whole life. Nurse a grudge. And your prayers won't be answered. And you will not make any pearls. The best you're going to have out of it is a little snack of oysters. But no pearls if you're nursing a grudge. And he says, when you're going to pray, first thing you do is you forgive people. Get rid of the grudges. Get rid of the grudges because they will hurt you. They genuinely, let's read, read that. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Once he forgives your sins, you're on good ground to pray and ask God to work miraculously. But when you get unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, you're almost wasting your time praying. You're nursing the grudge. He's biting and he's biting and he's overpowering. He's taking over you. Jesus says, first thing before you pray, forgive. forgive. Get rid of the grudges because they will hurt you. And, and it's really easy to have patience with others when you remember how patient God has been with you. Has God been patient with you guys? Yes. Has he forgiven you? Yes. Then we must be patient with other people and we must forgive them. And then we're in good, on a good foundation to pray and get our own prayers answered. And picking it up here in verse 36, and that was coming from Hebrews 10. We read verse 35. Mm -hmm. uh, picking up here in verse 36. Patient endurance is what you need now. So that you will continue to C do. Continue. A lot of people start something, but they don't finish it. And he says here, patient endurance is what you need. So that you will continue to do God's will. Continue to do God's will. Then you will. Then. then. Uh, that's a powerful word. Yep. Then, after you're patient and you're continuing doing what God's will is. Then you will receive all that he has promised. That's what he says. Receive all. Then you'll receive all that he's promised. Thank you. 20, 40, 60. Awesome. And you know what? I, I got $40 left. That's awesome, too. There you go. Thank you. Now we that's, can go out for lunch. <laughs> that's the nature of God. Yeah. She already had it. It was already hers. She believed me. She and I was just hanging on to it for her, but the, the 60 bucks was hers. Yep. And when you talk to God, he says, believe it, you receive it, and you shall have it. That's what he says. Go back and read that again. Underline it. Highlight in your Bible. Memorize it. And believe it. That's what I'm talking about. That's what he wants us to do. Hebrews eleven seventeen <clears throat> says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son. So he received a promise of Isaac when he was about 100 years old. 
But he loved God so much, he offered up the promise, son, this is yours. You remember when he took him up to that sacrifice? And then God gave him back again. It's just, what's the condition of your heart? Are you just covering? Are you making pearls in your life? Think about that. Are you making pearls? Uh, James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way. Or irritations. When troubles, irritations come your way. Consider it an opportunity. Hold on a second here. I looked that word up. The word opportunity. And the word opportunity, this wasn't related to anything. It's just in a big old, big old Webster's Dictionary. The word opportunity means a good position for advancement and success. That's what this word means. Read it again. Consider it an opportunity when troubles and things like that come your way. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Consider it a position for advancement. Consider it a good position for success. He says, consider it a position for advancement and success for great joy. It's an opportunity for great joy. You go, oh, really? Oh, no. What would that opportunity look like again? Trouble? trouble. An irritation? Y'all ever have any trouble or irritation? Yeah. Probably once a month? <laughs> once before breakfast, before lunch, and before supper. But that is an opportunity. You see it most of the time. The natural thing is, you see, there's an opportunity to complain and fuss and cuss and beat my head against the wall. But God's word says, when trouble, irritation comes, you have an opportunity, a good position for advancement and success. You have an opportunity for not joy. What's it say? Great joy. Great joy. That's supernatural. Oh, it's natural to fuss and complain and all that, but this is a supernatural opportunity. Uh, I'm sure you probably heard the old stoic advice, you know, grin and bear it. Just grit your teeth and bear it. (laughs) But rejoice and bear it is a whole lot better. It accomplishes a whole lot more. You're making pearls when you can rejoice that's what he's telling us about for you know when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow it says for when you know that your faith is tested your endurance has a what's that word chance same word as opportunity when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance has an opportunity to grow, to grow. Let the pearl grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. Now, here's something I shared uh, many years ago, but I find it just absolutely inspiring. It's powerful. It's profound to me. Chinese bamboo. You plant Chinese bamboo, and then you water this bamboo and you fertilize it. For four years, your neighbors are coming out looking, what are you doing? 
because they see a, a patch of earth that's covered in grass and you're watering it for four years and you're fertilizing it for four years and you haven't seen anything stir at all on that patch of ground. Nothing. But on the fifth year, Chinese bamboo grows 90 foot tall. That's amazing. And I'm not exaggerating. You want to know how, how big 90 foot is? When you leave the building, turn around and look at the steeple. The steeple is 90 foot. I've been to the top of it. I painted the steeple once upon a time, hanging from ropes. It is 90 foot tall. Can you imagine Chinese bamboo on the fifth year grew 90 foot? Oh, I forgot to tell you a detail. It grows 90 foot in six weeks. Look it up. It's like, how in the world can this happen? Four years, you're watering it and you're fertilizing it, watering it and fertilizing it. For four years and in the fifth year, it will grow 90 feet in six weeks. Now you think about it. How many days are in six weeks? 42. How many? 42. 42 days. The thing is growing about two feet a day. You can sit there at lunch and eat your pepper and jelly sandwich, and you can watch the thing that's just growing. And, and you don't just plant one Chinese bamboo, but you plant a little forest. And people take their vacation, and where they had been looking at the beautiful view, they come in, what happened to our view? It's blocked by that little forest of bamboo, you know. But it, it encourages us how faith works. You, you plant. You, you, you follow the instruction. If you stop watering it and stop fertilizing it, it ain't going to grow that way. It's just like once an oyster is mature and it's irritated, it just covers it over. It covers it over. And in about three years, it has a beautiful, very valuable pearl. Chinese bamboo, it grows unbelievably. It's just absolutely amazing what it will do. But you got to be patient in the making of pearls. And you got to be patient in planting Chinese bamboo. Verse 4 says in James chapter 1, So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed... Fully means 100%. ...is fully developed, you will be... Developed means mature. That's what it's talking about. Thank Let you. it grow. Okay, thank you. You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Wow. That's amazing. Your endurance is fully developed. Because, see, a lot of people don't understand this, but speed does not equal success. I mean, you can do something real, real fast and make a mess out of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Speed, something happening speedy, don't equal a success at all. Patience. What we've read through the Bible here, and it's in many other places, patience along with faith works miracles. It moves mountains. It brings answers to prayer. It provides all, 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 everything, everything, everything that God has promised us and that we need from time to time. And the closer we get to God, the less impatient we become, you become much more patient. Madeline Rockwell, she wrote the following for Reader's Digest. 
She said, my grandmother was a ball of fire, while grandpa was slow and deliberate. One night, they were awakened by a commotion in the chicken house, and grandma sprang out of the bed and ran to the chicken house, and she found the cause of the racket, a large black snake. Having nothing to dispatch the snake with, she clamped her bare foot down on its head. If I can find a big black snake, we can bring it here during the summer and see if there's any delays we want to <laughs> demonstrate that for us. I don't think so. <laughs> there she stood until Grandpa finally arrived. A good 15 minutes later, he was fully dressed, and even his pocket watch was in place. And he had a shovel with him. Well, he said cheerfully, you know, think, think about this. To my disheveled and enraged grandma. Well, if I'd known that you had him under control, I wouldn't have hurried so but much. <laughs> Maybe if, if grandma had waited for grandpa. Maybe she wouldn't have been standing in her nightgown barefooted on the snake's head for 15 minutes. She wasn't prepared to kill it. She was just... She was not prepared for what she had to deal with. She was impatient. We, we do stuff like that sometimes, don't we? We did. We had something in our chicken house. We had chickens? But you went prepared. I went prepared. And the chickens lived happily ever after. Okay, let's move on. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Patiently endure irritation and temptation. God blesses those who are patiently enduring the testing, the, the irritation and all. The, the, the pearl is growing when we're patient. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 13 in the Message Bible says, Get along among yourselves, each of you doing your part. Each of you doing your part. Everybody has a part. We all have a part. You can't let somebody else do all your praying for you. You have a part as we find God's word, how to pray. We do our praying. We do our reading of the Bible. You have a part in studying. You have a part to let your faith grow. You have a part to serve. You have a part. Everybody has a part in the body of Christ. You have a part to tithe, to, to, to be generous, to witness to people. To, to, to love your neighbor. We all have a part. But we can just think, well, I'm just going to let somebody else do my part. We can be that way if we want to, but it's not the most effective way for God's kingdom to move forward. Let's read that again. Get along among yourselves, each of you doing your part. Our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. If there is a freeloader around, Online or in here, get a move on. 
become an extension of God's hand. Get involved in the awesome, fantastic adventure. Do your part. Do your reading. Do your believing. Do your praying. Oh, it's okay to ask other people to help and to partake with you in doing so. But do your part is what he's telling us here. Gently encourage the stragglers. Well, wait a minute. Did that say gently? Yeah. Oh, God bless you, brother and sister. You just, it is a part that God has set for you to be a part of. And he's going to help you. And it's going to make so much of a difference. Was that a little bit gentler? <laughs> a lot gentler. He said, gently encourage the stragglers. And reach out for the exhausted. People, I'm telling you, we have had people, if they live in church, if you ask for something to be done, they will do it. And they've got this long list of things they're doing simultaneously. How in the world do you get that done? You know what I'm saying? And lots of times, a lot of people let every, this, these people do it for them. They do. Is that true? Yeah. And this is not being critical. It's just like, it is awesome to do our part. Yep. We've been doing this for how long? 42 years. 42 years. It's the most exciting thing, Pastor. It's the most exciting thing I can ever imagine. Yep. It really, it really is. Anyhow, let's go ahead. And reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each person, attentive. Attentive means thoughtful. It means considerate. And it means being courteous. He says, be patient with each person, attentive. Attentive to individual needs. Be, be alert to those needs. And be careful that when you get on each other's nerves... Do we ever get on one of those nerves? No. <laughs> Do we? You bit me. <laughs> he says, be careful. And when you get on each other's nerves. You don't snap at each other. <laughs> you don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other. That word look. Search for the best in each other. Help cultivate that. Make a pearl. Uh, if we look for the, the worst in each other, you can find it pretty easy, can't you? Yeah. But let's look for the best in each other. That, that's what he's telling us to do. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. That's awesome. Be cheerful no matter what. Let the pearl grow. Let the Chinese bamboo grow. Uh, let the mountain move. Let my prayers be answered. You be patient. And it says, do what? Be cheerful. Be cheerful. Rejoice. You got an opportunity to greatly rejoice. No matter what. No matter what. Pray all the time. 100% of the time we should have a prayer on our tongue. Thank God no matter what happens. And be thankful. In a manufacturing town in Scotland... A young lady began teaching a Sunday school class of poverty-stricken boys. The most unpromising youngster was a boy named Bob. And after the first two or three Sundays, he did not return. So the teacher went to look for him. Although the superintendent had given Bob some new clothes, see, although the superintendent had given Bob some new clothes. They were already worn and dirty. 
when the teacher found him. He was given another suit, a new suit, and he came back to Sunday school. But soon he quit again, and the teacher went out one more time to find him. When she did, she discovered that the second set of clothes had gone the way of the first, and they were ragged. I'm completely discouraged about Bob, she told the superintendent. I guess we must just give up on Bob. Please don't. Please don't give up on Bob, he pleaded. I believe there's still hope in him. Try him one more time. And they gave Bob a third set of clothes. And this time he began to attend faithfully. And it wasn't long until he became a Christian. And eventually he even taught in the same Sunday school. Who was that obstinate, ragged boy? Who for the time seemed to be so unreachable? His name was Robert Morrison. Who later became the first Protestant missionary to China. He translated the Bible into Chinese and brought the word of God to teeming millions of Chinese people. So let us also give others another chance. Has God given you another chance? Yes. Let's be willing to give people who are in our lives, who are in our sphere of influence, let's be willing to give them another chance and make a pearl. Galatians 6, verse 9 in the message says, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued. There's something you can do to stop from being worn out. Don't do it all in your own strength. If you do it with complaining, it will whip you, that's for sure. But he says, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued. Doing good. Greatly rejoice. What does the Bible say? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Is our strength. You will not be worn out if you are praising him and you're rejoicing and you're covering over sins and irritations. You're making pearls. So let us not let us not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Winston Churchill, speaking at a Harvard commencement service, he said, Never give up. 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 And then he sat down. That was his whole commencement speech to those at Harvard. <laughs> Patient endurance never gives up. If we can get those three words in our heart and we learn to be patient, we can make a lot of pearls. You never give up. You're patient. All of your prayers can be answered. If you never give up, if you learn how to pray in faith and get rid of the doubt and the fear and the worry, and, and you must believe and allow, never allow doubt to reside in you, never give up, you know? Patience enables us to access the promises of Almighty God. 
Psalms 37 verse 7 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Oh, wow. There is a tendency for us human beings to get in a hurry. But God ain't in a hurry. Do you know what I'm saying? But when God gets ready to act, just remember the Chinese bamboo. He wasn't in a hurry, but when it was time, boom. Six weeks, it grew 90 feet. A forest of Chinese bamboo grew 90 feet in six weeks. But God ain't in no hurry. But he says, be still. Slow down. Be patient. Take time to be with the almighty God. Don't get in a hurry. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. And beware of the, the barrenness of a busy, 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 busy life. Think about this for a moment. Wait patiently for him to do what? To act. What was that? Act. For him to act. God will act. Uh, there's a book called that in the Bible. Is it? Yeah, the, book of Acts. the book of Acts. God will act. That's what he's telling us to be aware of. But let's, let's read the rest of that verse there. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Stop being angry. You get angry, your face turns red, you start sweating, you're about to blow a cork. You know what I'm talking about? He says, stop being angry. Because it ain't good for you. Did you know what the Bible says about anger? And some people brag about it. Oh, I just can't control. I'm just, I get angry. The Bible says, and it says it many times in the Bible. It says anger resides in the bosom of a fool. It's not something you want. It's like I stepped in dog manure. I've given to anger. You know, it's like it's not something you want to brag about. Let's continue on. I think last night you were encouraging everybody anytime they see a stop sign. What does it say here? Stop. Stop being angry. I said, good. Thank you for reminding me of that, dear. So when you're on your way home today, you come to a stop sign, you go, stop being angry. Stop being angry. I mean, you'll probably try to find a way to get home without going by a stop sign. <laughs> but a red light means the same thing. Stop being angry. Because anger does not generate pearls. Anger abides in the bosom of a fool. And if you're a fool, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Your prayers are not going to be really answered the way you want them to be. That's what it says in the Bible. It goes on to say, turn from your rage. Turn from your rage. You know, rage. You, you just see something as anger is just hot and boiling and rage. You know, your face turn already. There's a rage. Anger is just taking control of you. And that's what he's telling us. Those, that heat of anger and this rage, what does it say? Do not lose your temper. Don't, why not? It only leads to harm. Y'all know I like flashlights, don't you? This ain't a flashlight. <laughs> I also like knives. This one's a little dirty, but I sharpen it every day. About 30 seconds is all it takes to keep it really, really good and sharp. 
And uh, this is one of my favorites. I've got a lot of favorite knives I've accumulated over the years. And, but this is one of my favorite. It don't, there's not any wiggle in there. It's about an eight year old knife, I think. Maybe nine. It don't, it's not loose. It, it's, it's really, really good. But I could ruin this knife if I put it in a hot flame until the blade turned red. And you, you just do that and you don't know how to do it. There's a whole process and there's wisdom and knowledge on how you put temper into a knife. If you just leave it laying in the fire, it will lose its temper. And you know what it's good for? Nothing. To give it to a friend that you don't like very much. <laughs> because it won't hold an edge and it will bend and break very easily. It's not something you want to carry, you know, when it's lost its temper. And what does the, the Bible say about that? Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. Verse 9 says, For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. They will possess the promised land. They will possess the promises of God. That's what he's talking about. Where does it say that? But those who trust in the Lord will possess the land or are the promises. They, they will. But let me read, and then I'm done. Here, go back to Psalms 37, verse 7. It says, I'll let you. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you somewhere. Next week, I invite you guys to be here at the 11 o'clock service. And I want you to prepare yourself for God to act in your lives. Or just bless those who are in need. Where we hear that siren, just minister to them and help those who are responding and draw them into yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. But I want you to come expecting God to act in your life. Is there anything you need? Is there anybody in your family who has a need? Mm -hmm. Be filled with hope, confident expectation for the future. And I'm inviting you to the 11 o'clock service next week. And I want you to come with expectation that God's going to act. God's going to be on the move in your life for you. And I want you to prepare yourself. I want you to be making some pearls. I want you to be covering over other people's irritations with love, looking for the best in them. I want you to learn to be patient, kind of watching for that Chinese bamboo to boom, take off. And, and for God to answer your prayers like that, I want you to be, begin to anticipate those mountains blocking your way are moved and cast into the sea. Expect God to be on the move and for God to act in your life. Bring a friend. They don't have ever have to have been here before. They don't have to even be a Christian. Or they may be a Christian who they've just been a little hesitant and a little 
have a tendency to stay home all the time from now on because of the pandemic. You reach out. You make a difference in someone's life with great expectation, looking at the best is yet to come. So I have personally invited you to be here next week, the 11 o'clock service, with expectation. Let's read that verse one more time. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Wait patiently for him to act. Let's bow our heads if we could, and I'd like you to join me to reaffirm your faith in Christ. And if you don't know him at all, would you declare your faith for the very first time? Whether you're here or you're watching online, would you join us as we pray? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. That's why you sent your son Jesus. I believe he gave his life for me. I believe he gave his life for me. And I believe he rose from the dead. And I believe he rose from the dead. And I open up the door of my heart. And I open up the door of my heart. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. Into every area of my life. Into every area of my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my King. And as my King. Help me, Almighty God. Help me, Almighty God. To be filled with faith. To be filled with faith. Help me, Almighty God, to cast out all doubt. Help me, Almighty God, to cast out all doubt. Teach me, oh God, how to cast the mountains away. Teach me, oh God, how to cast the mountains away. And to trust you. And to trust you. And to become an extension of your hand. And to become an extension of your hand. I accept Jesus. I accept Jesus. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my soon coming King. And as my soon coming King. 